Hey, guys. Good evening. How's it going? Yeah. I can't hear you. Are you? You're, you're out there. There you are. <laughs> um, hey, we, uh, we're going to spend some time worshiping together. Is that all right? <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then we, we're going to just continue. So, Jesus, would you come? Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Just come. Come. We welcome you into this place. We welcome you into us. We welcome you into the individual and then the collective community. Come, Lord. We're hungry, God. We're hungry for you. Would you anoint this, this time and these songs and um, just each of us to uh, just encounter you and to experience your holiness and experience intimacy with you. Come, Lord. Let your kingdom come 
So I want to try something tonight. Um, we just believe that God is, uh, he really wants to be here. He really wants to move. And uh, as I was praying about this set, I felt like he really wanted to heal. And uh, so what I want to try to, uh, for a second is just to, um, if you are physically hurting in some way, if you're physically sick, would you just raise your hand? If you're physically sick, physically hurting, would you raise your hand? Okay, now look around. Go to the people with their raised hands and begin to pray. We're not going to spend a long time doing this. We are just going to pray. We believe that God wants to come in and heal tonight, that this is not something we have to work at. This is not something we deserve or anything like that, that he just wants to come and heal. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. So let your kingdom come, and you will be done. Let your kingdom come, and you will be done. Oh, let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your kingdom come, Lord. kingdom come and you will be done let your kingdom come and you will be done we welcome we welcome your kingdom we welcome your Let your kingdom, let your kingdom come, and you will be done. Let your kingdom come, and you will be done. Let your kingdom come. God, we thank you for how you're healing us in small ways, in big ways, in ways we can't see. 
you are healing, that you are here. We ask, God, that you would continue to move tonight. That this would just be the start. That there's more there, God. That as we lean into your kingdom, as we call out for your kingdom, that just the veil would be thin, that we would encounter you. Come, Lord. So come, let us sing for joy. Let us shout aloud to our King. And come, let us worship God, lifting holy hands. We bless His name. Lord, we come, Lord, we come to meet with you again, to worship with one voice in adoration. You deserve, you deserve our every praise that echoes in this place. You're the worthy one. Sing for joy, let us shout aloud to our King. Come, let us worship God. We're lifting holy hands. Bless His name, Lord. We come, Lord. We come with gratitude that flows. From deep within our souls, we rejoice in you, and we will glory in your name, with a shout our lips proclaim, the praises stirring in our hearts, come, let us sing for joy, let us shout to our King. Come, let us worship God, lifting holy hands to bless your creature, every creature in heaven and earth below, bless your name, bless your name, every creature, bless your name, every creature in heaven and earth below, bless your name, bless your name, every creature, every Heaven and earth below, bless your name, bless your name, every
every creature, every creature in heaven and earth below. We bless your name. We bless your name. Come, let us sing for joy. Let us shout aloud to our Worship God, we're lifting holy hands, cause we bless your name, bless your name. Things rise and bless your name. All things. 
Nobody like, nobody like you, my Jesus. Nobody like, nobody like you. Sing that again, nobody, nobody like, nobody like, nobody like my Jesus. Nobody like, nobody like you. Nobody, nobody like, nobody like, nobody like you, my Jesus. Nobody like, nobody like you. Nobody like, nobody like, nobody like you, my Jesus. Nobody like, nobody like you, yeah. Nobody like, nobody like, nobody like you, my Jesus. Nobody like, nobody like you, I'll tell you. Our daily bread, our living water, we can't survive without you, Lord. Our daily bread, our living water, we're reaching out for something more. Nobody like, nobody like, nobody like you, my Jesus. Nobody like, nobody like you. Ain't nobody, nobody like, nobody like, nobody like you, my Jesus. Nobody like, nobody like you. And we are hungry. We are hungry, we are hungry, oh Lord. Yes, God. Yeah. Yeah. God, we worship you. We worship you. This is, this is our joy. This is our gift to you, to worship you. Come, Lord. Come and continue just to anoint this time together. Pour out your spirit in this place. We are hungry. We're hungry. Come, Lord. Amen. All right, you guys can take a seat. Oh, Asa. Asa wants an award for ending worship on time. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to our first evening session at Green Lake. Yeah. Okay. So if you guys know Brenda, if you guys have been coming, oh, for those of you who don't know, and this is your first time at Green Lake, welcome. Uh, 
Brenda loves to give away prizes. I okay? do. She does. And so in appreciation for the fact that, you know, it takes logistics and effort to get here, um, we would love to give out a prize for the first person who registered. Of course, because have you ever heard the phrase, feed what you want and starve what you don't? Oh, yes. That's a good one. That's a so good one. So I want people to register early. That's so it. I give out prizes for... Okay. Early and registration. As a person who loves spreadsheets and forms, I love forms. I also appreciate this. So, so the first person who registered is was Aaron, and I'm I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, Aaron Privy. And so, Whoa. if you want to come up here, <laughs> you get a fifty dollar gift card, and you're fifty dollars off your registration for next year. So Aaron, you. you go. Uh, do you have an assistant, a wife, someone who did this for you, or is this all you? He Brilliant. He himself. That's Good super job. impressive. Yay. We congratulate you. Excellent job. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, also, we have uh, some amazing Lavinia pastors and leaders with us this year whom I really want to welcome. Um, we love that you're here. We love that you're here in our region. You're such a big part of our region. And um, we have a leader and a friend, in fact, from Duluth. Her name is Marie Monroe, and she's our translator. Give a wave, Marie. So she's doing a great job just to include them and translate everything that we say into Spanish. And tomorrow during our breakout session, one of the things I, uh, as I realized this could actually come together, I got really excited about, is that Phil Strout was going to be able to be here to meet with all of our Lavinia pastors and leaders who have joined us at Green Lake. And so you have a breakout session with Phil tomorrow. And guess what? He can speak to you in Spanish, <laughs> which I will be able to when I... A new heaven, a new earth. That's the first, that's my first request. Um, and so I'm very excited to have you guys have this special time with Phil tomorrow during the break. It'll be at 1030 and it'll be in this main session, this area right in here. So you guys can just maybe even come up where you are and Phil can come down and join you. And, and I know you um, just give him a hard time. All right. Just like just give him a run around the block. Ask him really hard questions. <laughs> oh, he just thanks you for that, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Phil says so many nice things about me, and the whole time I'm thinking to myself, stop over-promising, stop over-promising. <laughs> You're setting me up to over-promise and under-deliver. Just stop it. All right, well, we always love to encourage our youth, um, young people in the vineyard, that they have gifts. They have gifts from the Spirit in leadership, in healing, in prayer, right now, right? And so one of the ways we really love to encourage our youth um, is uh, something called Project Timothy, which happens all across the country, um, happens in our, uh, our region as well. And so this is something that we would love to have you guys check out. There's a little video that we have. Hopefully it works.
the Vineyard Pilgrimage, I think one of the things we're talking about is a leadership track. And starting with teenagers, we have this great opportunity with Project Timothy where we take teenagers and we say, you know, if you're seeing leadership potential in this teenager, we'll take them and work with them and invest in them in a way that maybe some churches don't have the resources to do or the time to do. Um, and also it just builds a leadership community, honestly. It, it creates a cohort within your region of young people who see themselves as leaders. And then they go back into their church, they sign a one-year contract to go back into to your local church and lead. Well, my name is Elijah Murray, and this is my first year at Project Timothy, and I've got a lot of words from God this past uh, week just telling me what I should do to grow faith in Him and how He should uh, work in other people's lives. My relationship with God has grown so much with um, Project Timothy. I've learned, I've just grown in Him and like really developed who I was in Him and found my identity in Him. Not even just in leadership and being in the church, but just how I live my everyday life. These people aren't just like, quote, brothers and sisters, that these people are my family. And just so much breakthrough is happening and the Holy Spirit is there and you can really just feel His presence. I mean, we're seeing, I think several hundred people have come through Project Timothy and we're seeing them just kind of spread out into the vineyard. And I think this is a, a time when we think of vineyard pilgrimage of just drawing together and say, what are we doing with our young people? What does it mean to be in one place and how do we take them to the next place? And something like living up to your potential that, oh, we're not the church of tomorrow, we're the church of today. And that's the biggest thing for me that he's faithful and I, I know he's gonna use me even at 17, even at 14 when I first started coming here. All right. Yes, that's right. Uh, give us a yes. Give a hand to our youth. So last year we had about 75 youth and leaders participate from over a dozen churches um, in our region. Also, we have the extra special blessing of having um, some youth and leaders from Vineyard Canada, and so that was really fun. Uh, and so I would just encourage you as pastors and leaders to really be looking and thinking who are young leaders in your place, in your communities that you can identify to send to Project Timothy. And so next summer is going to be June 24th through the 30th. And so think about it now, pray about it now, and call out the gifts in your youth. Yeah, Duluth, we're excited. All right, well, I would love to invite um, my wonderful husband, Michael, with his extra special beard to come up. <laughs> and um, he's going to share a little bit about just Multiply Vineyard, what's happening in our region, what we're excited about. And take it away, babe. Multiply Vineyard. Yeah, exactly. Listen. I don't know if you realize it or not, but it's the heart of the vineyard. It's the heart of biblical Christianity. 
that our churches multiply, that we actually participate with God in his mission, like all over the world, and Multiply Vineyard is about doing that in the United States. That's the heart, I think, of, of God. So we would love to help you, whether you're a potential planter, whether you're uh, currently planting a church, or whether you're a leader or a pastor who is looking to multiply your current uh, church, we want to help you get there. And we have resources. We have all sorts of training stuff on multiplyvineyard.org website. Uh, we have ev pretty much everything in English and Spanish. And uh, we would just love to do whatever we can to actually help you kind of fulfill what God is inviting you into. There's a few of you that I think this week God wants to give a new assignment to. There's a few of us. I think God wants to give a new assignment. I've, I've never been in a meeting like this where God doesn't, like, just grab a hold of somebody's heart and say, hey, I've got something for you. And it is frightening. Every single time God does that for me and invites me into something new, it's like I have to push all my chips forward. Like I have to put everything in the middle of the table again. And I could win. I could win that hand. Or I could go home broke. But I've never gone wrong saying yes to Jesus. I've never gone wrong putting my chips in when he invites me to do that. And for some of us, I think God is going to do that. I think every single neighborhood in our country would be better off with a community of followers of Jesus who is allowing Christ to form them and they're living out the fruits of the spirit, as Phil talked about. Every single neighborhood would be better off with that. So you can uh, go to multiplyvineyard.org, see a bunch of stuff, or I think I'm going to be like right here at 9 a.m. in the morning for a Multiply Vineyard like workshop. You don't have to sign up. You can just show up, eat breakfast first because I won't have any food here. But come join me for that. Number two, I want to invite you to the brand new Multiply Vineyard Summit that's going to be January 8, 9, and 10 in Miami. Like, seriously, guys, we live here. <laughs> January is a little cold. Let's go to Miami. Uh, 8, 9, and 10 in Miami. Here's, here's what I've done. I've actually, just for you guys, I've done two things. Number one, the early bird discount is extended. What's today's date? is extended to the 13th for you. There's no other region that like gets that, right? The early bird discount is extended for you, and I've rented two Airbnbs that sleep 16 plus each. So the first like 32 people that say, I'm in, I'm coming, you also got a place to stay, right? So we got three groups of people that we're targeting for this. The first group is potential church planters. If you want to come and like just hear what church planning is about and hang out with some folks that have really done that well and that are really strong at discernment, we'd love to invite you to hang out with us. The second group uh, that we're inviting is our current church planners. Over the last five plus years in the vineyard, we've planted over 130 churches and uh, registration for all those church planners is totally comped. You just have to show up and come. And I just offered to cover your like housing. Dang, I don't know how come you're not registered yet. Right. And so, like, come do that. Uh, and what we're doing for our church planners is we're going to give you some time to really just invest in you and your health long term. And then uh, the other group is our existing senior pastors. We want to actually ask God to uh, expand our imagination for how it is that we could reproduce our churches. Uh, we've got a great like slew. There's about 20 people that are involved in speaking over the course of that. There's really only going to be three main sessions, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and Thursday night. 
And then the rest is all going to be done in those tracks, uh, both on-site and off-site. Uh, it, it'll, uh, it'll be pretty fun. So I invite you to do that. If you want to learn more about church planning, let's put up the slide with the QR code. Hey, do you guys ever use one of these? They're really, it's like all you do is aim your camera at that thing, and it'll immediately open up the website for you. Just try it right now. Pull out your phone, aim it at the QR code, and watch the magic. It's pretty cool. So if you're interested at all in church planning, uh, or if you've got folks in your churches that are interested in that, we have some little round things over there. I, I call them like, a, what, what do you put your beer on? What do you call those? Coaster. I call them coasters. My team called them pogs. I don't know what they are, but they have the QR code right on the back of that. And so you can mess, mess with that. And uh, anybody that's interested, and in, it takes you right to like the 10 questions that you want to answer uh, to begin that. All right, that's Multiply Vineyard. Let me just say a couple things about Vineyard Institute. Uh, I want to introduce you to a couple new opportunities at Vineyard Institute. I don't know if you've seen this little card that they have over there on their table, but it, 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 it really uh, is equipping in some of the basics of kingdom theology. And so we have three core courses now in Vineyard Institute, the story of the kingdom, which actually comes out of the, the Vineyard Church that's right next to Yale, uh, the couple pastors there. Uh, Joshua and Matt have created an, an, an amazing course of the storyline of the Bible. Uh, we've had a bunch of our folks go through it at our church. It's really cool. Understanding the kingdom is the theology. And the brand new one that I want you to hear about is called Demonstrating the Kingdom. Uh, there's several pastors. They traveled around uh, our country and a couple others kind of videoing a few pastors talking about how the kingdom of God is demonstrated today. And uh, one of them was Brenda. She taught a bunch of stuff on deliverance on this course. It's a really great course. So check out the new stuff at VI. And I think I have a video for you. Hello, Vineyard pastors and leaders. I want to talk to you about this new course called Demonstrating the Kingdom. In talking with some of the senior leaders in the Vineyard movement, two clear priorities came to us. One, to establish the Vineyard DNA, essentially what the Vineyard is made of, and two, to ensure that the next generation really catches and understands the essence of the calling God has for the vineyard. It is part of our core vineyard essentials or vineyard DNA training. You will learn about kingdom theology from Thomas Lyons. I taught an important perspective on Christian identity. Diane Lehman teaches and demonstrates the empowering of the spirit, complemented by personal testimonies from Debbie Wright in England. You will witness an inspiring teaching on the gifts of the spirit by Ken Fish. Steve Nicholson shares on the prophetic. You will hear Mark Marks on healing and witness God heal on the streets of Northern Ireland. And you will experience a powerful teaching and testimony of deliverance and freedom by Brenda Gatlin. You will witness God pour out his mercy during power evangelism on the streets of Oklahoma City with Brian Blount. Finally, you will see the power of inviting the presence of the Spirit in ministry time with Mike Pilabachi in England. In addition, you will also hear from a number of people telling their personal stories of demonstrating the kingdom. Once the course is completed, your students and leaders will be equipped to teach its content in small groups, and I have created studies with handouts that capture the essential content. 
in the vineyard, we believe everybody gets to play. So you can guide your people through these teachings and then organize a way for them to experience the coming of the kingdom. Join us for this very special training event. All right, and now check out this HLI Spotlight. What does it look like to be courageous? Modern culture would like us to believe that just waking up and living everyday life is courageous. But in the Bible, we see God calling us to something far more challenging. Here at HLI Duluth, we focus on helping each other be like Jesus, learning to be authentic and honest, hearing who the Father says we are, leaning into the training, equipping, and healing process in our lives. We want to partner with what Jesus is doing and create a time and a space for God to radically transform you into who you were created to be. There was um, a road trip that we took to Chicago and we got to sit down with Steve Nicholson and hear about some of his experience that he's had throughout his time in the Vineyard Movement. And at the end of him talking, we decided to take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit to come and see uh, how he wanted to minister to us. I just remember standing there and I was, it was just a moment where I was trying really hard to believe that that God was, was good and that he saw me um, and that I had a purpose and slowly the wall started to come down and I started to let Jesus actually speak to my heart and I just remember that that was a huge turning point for me um, in my walk with him. It was a point where I felt like I kind of got a piece of my heart back that day. We were coming back from Chum, which is a nonprofit organization, and I was talking about what I wanted to do after HLI and and just saying how I wasn't secure in my leadership. And everyone just came around me and they're like, for the time that we have left in HLI, we're going to call out whenever Devin is a leader. And <laughs> and they just were reminding me who Jesus created me to be. I just broke down. <laughs> um, I was got really emotional, just felt overwhelmed with love, and you know, just never had a friendship or relationship like that. We went on um, a road trip to Denver, um, and they had a uh, cause con, and by the time like we got there, we were like exhausted and kind of crabby, and one of the nights during ministry time, like, uh, I just got like hit really hard with the Holy Spirit. And I had like seen these things happen to other people um, all the time, but I'd never experienced it for myself. And like probably like I was like weeping uncontrollably, which is like never really happened to me. And uh, it it hits it like that moment, like I it's like a pinnacle moment in life. I can remember that and see how like God used like those words he spoke to then and that shaped the rest of my life since then. So how is God asking you to be courageous? Come, join us for nine months in HLI Duluth, waking up every morning, asking God what he is doing and how you can be a part of it. All right. Isn't that great? 
So I would love to just acknowledge the students that we have um, in HLI. So this year, so this year's current students, if you could stand up so we can just acknowledge and recognize you. Thank you so much They're for all, all the work that you've done here. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Um, and we also have some, you guys can sit down, or your girls can sit down. Yeah. No, you could keep standing because I want oh. them to see the, yes, the cumulative good. effect. Okay, keep standing. I'm sorry, you have to get back up. There you go. Okay, so we also have some graduates and past students with us. And so if you are a graduate or a past student, could you stand up as well? There we go. They traveled to be here with us yeah, today. Back yes. Here. Yeah, fabulous. And every one of those that just stood up are on staff at churches. Uh, yeah. um, I'd also like to introduce our director, which is Jackson Gatlin. So if you could stand up, Jackson, where are you? There you go, in the back. <laughs> um, and then also introduce the two HLI interns this year, Natalie and Lindsay. Natalie and Lindsay, where are Give you? Away. There we go. Yeah. So if you have any questions or would just love to talk to these HLI students about their experiences, you can go to the booth or you can just find them. So look and see all of these wonderful faces and find them throughout the course of the next couple of days and ask them um, about their experiences. All right. Thanks, you guys, for being on the train with us, the HLI train. All right, I'd like to invite John and Gino to come up, if you would. And I've asked these two to share a brief little story. Um, you guys want to come down here, maybe? No, just come on up. It's okay. <laughs> Could you dance a little more for us, Gina? <laughs> Um, and what I asked for was uh, their kind of favorite highlight or story about how they're seeing um, the EDLD as we kind of press into that. I always want to keep bringing forward, how's it going? How are we doing? What's, what's the temperature out there kind of in the region? And so I've asked them, uh, both of them seasoned leaders uh, who I think are doing these things so well, just to give us a, a brief little highlight or story uh, something that that would encourage us in all things EDLD. Well, my name is Gino Allison. Hello, everybody. Um, well, I have the privilege of serving on the national executive team for Venue USA, and part of my portfolio, if you could call it that, is helping our movement move toward what I call meaningful diversity, and that includes gender, socioeconomic, ethnic, you know, multi-ethnicity, and things like that. My specific interest is multi-ethnicity, and one of the uh, ways that the Vineyard is moving toward that is through a broad diversity initiative, but the one I'm most proud of is our biennial uh, Better Together conference, and some of you here recognize faces. We're actually at our most recent Better Together, but this is the second one that we've had, and basically uh, this Better Together conference is probably one of the most significant ways that the Vineyard is sort of putting its money, so to speak, where its mouth is, and providing a space to learn and to grow, to be challenged and changed and transformed along the lines of uh, race, reconciliation, and multi-ethnicity because that is the goal of, uh, our, that's the goal of this meeting. And so basically we bring in speakers from all over the vineyard, some from outside of the vineyard. We focus on pastoral education, sociological edu education. There's a historical component and basically, we take a deep dive over three days uh, 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 into diversity, multi-ethnicity, history, defining certain terms. And it's one of the coolest things that I've ever been a part of in the vineyard. I've spent many, many years in the vineyard uh, serving in what I, what I call uh, a diversity desert, which basically means 
uh, places that don't have uh, diversity. And that doesn't matter too much unless you're in the minority group, right? And so uh, to now be a part of a church that we planted years ago that is a multi-ethnic church, I get my, you know, uh, uh, cultural needs met and things like that. But one of the coolest things about Better Together, out of all the things that take, uh, take place there and all the learning that happens and along the, all, all the transformation that happens, the, the thing that blesses me the most are the texts and the emails that I receive after the conference from people of color who reflect uh, they didn't know how much they needed that because many of them serve in diversity deserts. They feel called to the vineyard, so they're not going anywhere, but they've had to lay down a whole lot. It's cost them a whole lot to be in the vineyard. And so when people share with me, many of them through tears, just how much it meant to them to hear like vineyard songs with a gospel expression or just to be in a room where everybody's collectively going after it in a high concentration of people get it, right? What it, what it means to be a minority in this country, especially at a time like this, it's something that's really uh, of immeasurable worth and value. And one other thing too, I don't think there's been any major historical shifts in the church or in the world around us without a soundtrack, right? And so one of the cool things about this deep dive into diversity is the Vineyard Soul Collective, which is just a, uh, an aspect of Vineyard worship that leans toward the gospel end of the spectrum. And we just released our second record. And so this has been a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a blessing both in and outside of the vineyard, but mostly for those of us who have just been longing to see the day where we can sing vineyard songs in our native tongue, so to speak. And that. so uh, I think we'll do a couple this week. And that CD is actually available uh, in the back there. So I just want to thank Phil um, for I mean, this doesn't happen unless you give away some power and some money. Right. And I'm not personally convinced that anybody cares about anything that they don't give some money to. Right. And so I'm thankful for Phil and Jan for uh, believing in this and trusting me with this. And many, many more stories will come out of this initiative. So thank you, Phil. Cool. So uh, I'm John. I uh, work for Brenda. And she asked me to talk about this EDLM and OP thing. And I work for her, so I couldn't say no. Um, and when she said, no, just talk about discipleship, I thought I could do that, uh, evangelism, discipleship, because evangelism, that's just early discipleship, and Jesus said, go and make disciples, right? Go and change people's lives, see them transformed, and we do see a lot of that at the Duluth Vineyard. Uh, I can think of a lot of things from uh, faith walking going on now. If you talk to Brenda or Michael or Casey, lots of our staff have gone through it. It has rocked their world and changed their lives, made them more like Jesus, um, I'm more faith crawling, but they've got great stories, and I want to, I want to get in on that too. I, I think of um, we've got we've done some great things with the college students. You know, we gave just a handful of college students mentors, and the next thing they're telling their friends about Jesus and creating their old small groups, and it's been terrific to see that. And the marriages changed, um, all kinds of stuff. That's on my heart right now because my wife is mad at me for being here and yucking it up instead of home, um, but. The more I prayed about it, God brought this particular story to mind. So um, I want to tell a story about a woman in our community who was an alcoholic. And I think alcoholic probably isn't strong enough. Um, that's not a word I use may, or, or something that I've really dealt with. But I think she'd be like a super alcoholic. Here's someone who has woken up in the hospital multiple times on the ventilator because she tried to drink herself to death and took pills. And I, she was in a coma for almost three weeks um, someone that, you know, kept going over and over again into psychiatric treatment because she kept killing her, trying to kill herself. Um, and yet she miraculously wouldn't die. 
um, eventually her brother's ex-wife says, you know what, maybe you should try church. Um, I'll drive you an hour down to a church maybe that you haven't experienced before. And she grew up Catholic. In fact, one of the times before she killed herself, she was like, God, I'm done. I'm out. Uh, but she didn't really know God or have a relationship. So she, her, uh, this woman drives her down to the Duluth Vineyard. And just uh, coincidentally, or maybe Holy Spirit, um, that weekend I'm preaching and I talk about addictions and how God can free you from your addictions. And she just happens to believe that it could be true. Now, I don't find out about this for years later, um, but she believes this. And you never know what God might be doing with what you are saying, um, how he might be discipling people. Um, she decides to really get free. She needs to go as far away from all of her old life as possible. She goes to, like, the middle of nowhere in Minnesota. She's like, I wish I could keep going to that church, but I'm going to go to the middle of nowhere. Um, goes into a treatment program. They are like, oh, we'll take you to church on Sunday. Uh, they take her to this tiny little new church in Gilbert, Minnesota, which the Duluth Vineyard planted. And she starts watching, this was back in the video days, she starts watching videos of us up there. Um, experiences more and more of the Holy Spirit. One of our pastors, Jordan, comes up there, prays for her, and incredible change in her life. Gives her this prophetic word. Um, she, I mean, talk about a life transformed, incredibly transformed. She um, meets a man who's fallen Jesus. They fall in love, get married. Um, it's really an incredible story, um, but it's not over. She then eventually comes to the Duluth Vineyard, starts volunteering, and we make a mistake. We don't serve alcohol often at the Duluth Vineyard, but we ask her if she'll serve alcohol. She was the wrong person to ask. Uh, she stops going to church. She doesn't show up for quite a while. She, uh, she falls into some serious sin issues. But she's experienced Jesus, and he's changed her life. So she wants to come back. And so she shows up one day to talk about it and meets with one of our pastors and not to put a too fine a point at it, she makes a pass at him. Have you ever discipled those people that you're like, gosh, can't they get discipled somewhere else? Can't they go to another church? Can't they? I mean, seriously, can't they? I've prayed about this, and God, I felt like God said, well, what do you want them to do, find another God? I mean, that's what she's trying to do. She knows I'm real. She wants me, but she's trying to find another God. Now, I don't know how her story ends. She's in small group now. She's pressing in. She'll, you know, she wants Jesus. I don't know how my story ends. I don't know how your story ends. Um, and I tell this story, well, because God told me to. Um, and you're pastors and leaders. You probably can see some of the points of it. Discipleship is messy, and it is beautiful, and it is easy, and it is hard. And for me, what I love about this story, too, is that um, we, we were discipling her, but it was really all the Holy Spirit, right? He put all of that together. He loved this woman and changed her life and is continuing to change her life. You know, it's not like Jesus said, go and make disciples because he was mad at us. Like he needed something for us to do till he came back. If you want to be with Jesus, make disciples. That's what he's doing. He's loving people. That's good, John. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing that. All right, I'm going to invite Rob to come up, and uh, I'm very excited to have Rob share with us. Um, I've known Rob for a really long time. Uh, we are friends, and in fact, uh, in, a, in the faith walking, my faith walking journey, uh, Rob was my coach, and uh, I've just gotten to watch him walk with Jesus 
in uh, some really through some really difficult things. And one of the things that I always look for in somebody is who's walking through really hard things, and they come out the other side and they love Jesus more. Because I want to learn from them. I want to. I want to sit under their teaching. I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn how to hold on to Jesus, come out the other side of really messy, hard things, and and be more whole and and love Jesus more. So I love what I know is in Him, and I love that uh, He's going to get to impart that to us. And so Rob, thanks for coming. Yeah. He was just in Ecuador on a mission trip uh, until Sunday night. Um, it just happens to be in the same time zone, which is good for us, yes. good for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you, you don't have any excuse not to lay it out on the field. And there you're, it you're is. No, no jet lag, nothing. Yeah, jet lag's not an excuse either. So let me pray for you. We're there. God, thanks for uh, getting Rob to us and just the ways you've navigated that and all the ways you've put depth in him and uh, just authenticity. And I thank you for the authentic leader that he is and the way that he'll model that for us here um, tonight and Thursday. And I, I just thank you that he said yes to you uh, many times before this and uh, even to be with us here. Uh, just bless him as he, as he pours himself out. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Wow, that was lame. I was, wasn't it? I mean, it was like five people that responded. Good evening, everybody. There you go. Man, I am so excited to be with you guys. I'm like a kinesthetic person, so I move around. I'll like stand up on my toes. I might jump off the stage. I do these things. Um, I had a moment watching that HLI video. You guys remember the young lady, Devin, who acknowledged the leadership gift that was prayed over her? Uh, I led her mom to the Lord 13 years ago. You know, you have these moments where, like, the kingdom intersects in ways that you can't imagine what the ripple will be. And I just sat there. I was like, how beautiful is it that this next generation of kingdom missionaries, of ambassadors, of future leaders being kind of just moved through our movement? And uh, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I was in Ecuador. Uh, that was great. Um, I'll be in Miami in January. I have an Airbnb, too. It's got a pool. <laughs> the pool we rented has a dolphin on the bottom of it. Not like a real dolphin, like a tile dolphin. And as Michael was talking, all I heard was, you know, Will Smith, welcome to Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. You know, just hip-hop references are lost in my church as well. It's okay. They're more for me than they are for anybody else. I need them. But um, I want to, similarly as Phil did, I, I want to commend to uh, this room first before I get started, just, just the leadership of this region, um, of, our, of our movement nationally, Phil and Jan and Bubba, um, certainly Brenda. I feel honored to have the opportunity to speak um, at this conference. Um, you know, there are moments I think we've all had them where you, you realize what a work Jesus has done when you're standing in front of any sort of a room to tell people about the love of God and the beautiful work that he's accomplished through the cross and the resurrection, the ascension, the pouring out of his spirit, and then the inclusion of us in his family. And so I am honored, uh, privileged. Michael Gatlin, I serve with Michael, Gino, I've gotten to know Gino, Jeff and LeCue, and folks from in this room, the Hanawha. I mean, there's so many people 
that have in different ways impacted my life in a profound way. And I want to commend to you, if you don't know the leadership of your region, be encouraged. Uh, you have great leadership. And specifically, if you're maybe a little bit younger, this is your first time in the room, let me just offer something that I think is always important. Just realize you are standing on the shoulders of many people who have gone before you, right? That, that you did not build this building, you did not create this room, you didn't do all the work, you didn't fight the fight that so many people fought. When we say, come Holy Spirit, that is inheritance, that is heritage. You and I didn't have to do the hard work to make that the common vernacular of the vineyard. And so those things are our gift from those who've gone before. And so I always want us, even as the pendulum swings culturally to what it looks like to do church together, to never think that you are discovering something on your own. The revelation you get is built on the revelation that somebody before handed over to you. Amen? Cool. Guys, I love feedback. We're going to have a little bit of a conversation. So if you don't like feedback, the silence that Phil was comfortable with, I'm comfortable with also. Cool. Uh, but I have some, uh, some, some connection to this region. Uh, both my parents are from a Chicagoland suburb. Any Chicagoland folks in the area? Wonderful. My parents are from Elmhurst, if you know where Elmhurst is. But I have relatives. Is you from Elmhurst? Cool. My parents went to Immaculate Conception. And then uh, Immaculate Conception, that's when Jesus was born. <laughs> By the Holy Spirit. It's a very clean conception. It's done immaculately. I have family that run at York, cross-country York runners. That's, that's the heritage, and if you know anything about that. Um, and then uh, uh, I have relatives all in the Schaumburg and Evanston area. Um, this, is, this is a familiar sort of place. When I uh, landed, it looked like country that's familiar to me, even though I'm only from Ohio. Uh, we still had leaves on the trees in Ohio, and it was beautiful yesterday. But this wind and rain is going to come through and take all those leaves off of our trees in the next couple of, of days. Um, uh, this is Big Ten country. Who's got Big Ten roots? Minnesota? Yeah? Northwestern? Wow. One smart person in the room. <laughs> you got to have good grades to go to Northwestern. Wisconsin? There we go. Guys, I, I, I share in the Big Ten heritage with all of you. The team I'm a part of, the school I graduated from, we tend to represent the Big Ten in the national championship game on a regular basis. OH. Yes, you can do it in any room, even the rooms you're not wanted in. I am an OSU graduate. I was a student athlete at Ohio State. I love smash mouth football. We run it up the middle, and we do that three or four times, and we punt it, give it to the other team. They do the same thing. We play on grass still, in the mud, short sleeve shirts in December, right? I played soccer at Ohio State, and my last game was uh, at University of Wisconsin in Madison, um, and it was like eight degrees outside. But everybody's in shorts and short sleeve shirts, because that's like the Midwest. <laughs> There's something forged in the tundra that cannot be formed in the tropics. <laughs> Amen. I mean, we choose to live in this weather. You do realize you could move. I mean, you could. There are other places in the world, warm places, sunny places, Bienvenido a Miami type of places. 
but we choose to live in the four seasons of which half of them are winter. <laughs> right? I think Led Zeppelin had a lyric. We come from the land of the ice and snow. Man, you're doing classic rock references falling <laughs> in the room too. We, we are forged in ice fishing, not deep sea fishing. Do you guys have like people that show up during hunting season and camouflage to your church? Yeah, Gino's like, nah. <laughs> not in my church. We have folks that are in a deer stand for 10 consecutive days. They put urine on themselves. Who in the room is that guy? Or girl, yes, come on, yes. I mean, there's something unique about this part of the world. I love it. I'm not from Ohio. I grew up outside of uh, New York City in Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, went to Ohio State for school. But there is something about this part of the world that I enjoy. And so I'm glad to be with you all. And thanks for that little bit of connection. Um, I want to start my time, though, with a brief video. Not too brief. It's actually six and a half minutes. But I hope that it sets the stage for uh, what I want to bring to us tonight. I think the Lord has a word for us. Um, let me just qualify the video. It, is, it has bathing suits, and it was shot in Europe. So there's not all one pieces. It's not a Christian video. But it's appropriate. It's in a foreign language. The one time they swear in the video, it says expletive in the subtitles. But you don't know what the swear word is. We all good? All right. I just had to, you know, there's no warning. It's not a pack of cigarettes. I want to startle some of you, like... It's ice fishing season. What's that woman got a bikini on for? Like, we're good. All right, roll film, please. Jag vill inte vara sån, men det är lite högre än vad det ser ut. Alltså.
Aye, good. Take off. Det här var ju som man inte skulle göra. Man skulle bara bestämma sig och göra det. Eller? Ja, jag, jag tänker ju inte ta sats och springa. Det finns inte. I så fall så står jag här och så tar jag ett steg ut framför att gå bra med det. Men hur känner du att du vill hoppa så hoppa och så simmar du till stegen och så hoppar jag sen? Nej, i så Nej, ja. Kommer du vilja hoppa direkt när du hoppar? Eller kommer du balla ur? Eller banga med jag? Det är alltså procentuell chans att jag... Att jag liksom bara... För om jag ser att du kanske... In, alltså inte skadas men att du liksom så här säger till mig. Om du säger så här, om du säger så här, Frida gör inte, då gör jag det inte. Men varför har jag hoppat från femman innan? Ja, det, ja men det är ju... Alltså femman är där nere. Och så fasen. Och det där är inte alls högt, jag må jämföra med det här. Nej, Linus. Nu är bara att göra det. Alltså det är verkligen bara för en själv. Hur känner du själv? Mm, jag, jag stänger bort det en bit. Okej, okay, okej. Okay. Eller nej, 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 du får gärna prata, men jag, jag är inte helt... Hur känner du om jag hoppar då? Vill du så kvar och... Nej, nej, nej. Jag, jag vill göra första så kvar. Om det är okej okay för dig. Ja, det är okej. Okay. Om det är okej okay för dig. Ja. Ja. Okej, okay. okej. Okay. Ja. Ner, kolla ner istället. Jag kommer, jag kommer vråla. Ja, men det är okej. Jag ska också skrika. Hela knäna, knänskapen. Nu, nu bestämde jag mig precis. Ja, och, 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 och så, så stämde sig. Tänk så bestämde man sig. Nu vet vi hur det känns att vara knäsvar. Men känner du inte? Ja. Det är en tofts där också. Men, så det är när du bestämmer dig som du står så här. För nu, om jag står så här, lalla, jag ska hoppa, då är allt bra. Men sen när man bara, jag ska hoppa. Mm. Bra. Ja, nu är jag förlåt. Okej. Okay. Gud, jag bara pratar. Okej. Okay. Pratar du din röst är lugnande? Nej. Nu får du bära eller bysta. Men vet du, vad sa vi nu? Om du hoppar så hoppar jag också. Faller du så faller jag på det. <laughs> Okej. Okay. Var det försiktigt? Ses på andra sidan. Ses i Nangiala. Nangiala. Ja, ja. Positivt. Det är kul. It's like a roller coaster, isn't it? My goodness. Curiously, has anyone jumped off a 10-meter high dive before? Oh, look at y'all. You guys get to be ministry team tonight. Uh, that movie is a documentary produced by the New York Times, and, and I share it uh, for a simple reason. I, I think it illustrates ministry. I, I think it illustrates faith. 
I think for some in the room, you're in a moment that that video captures, where there's a challenge or a change in front of you, an obstacle or an opportunity in front of you, and as you tip up to the edge to look at it, there's something of of fear, of worry, of concern. There's something of backing off. For some, we know, not just in our own lives, but those around us, there's some that go back down the ladder because it looks like it is too tall, it's too deep, it's too big to get around, it's too hard to work through. And I think there might be a word for many in the room tonight over the course of this weekend, uh, and certainly I hope it serves you beyond this weekend, um, simply this, be strong and courageous. Be Strong and courageous. Again, for this weekend, for this evening, but beyond these four walls, beyond these 48 hours, be strong and courageous. Be strong in your convictions and be courageous in your confessions. Be strong and be filled with hope and be courageous in asking for help for yourself and for your marriage, and for your family, for your church. Be strong, be filled with passion, enthusiasm for the things of God, and be courageous and push past the insecurities that often litter pastors' hearts and minds in rooms like this. Because when you hear about the successes of somebody else and the growth of their church and their budget... And you wonder, what am I doing wrong? Push past the insecurities. Be courageous. Be strong in the relationships that God has formed and will form, again, over the weekend and ongoing, and be courageous in the risk-taking that he is going to invite you to. The word is simply this for this evening, and I hope for the weekend, and I hope beyond, be strong and courageous. Can we pray? Father, I pray for tonight that you would um, deposit into us uh, something of your word that allows us to understand the source of our strength is not our strength. The source of our courage is not our own courage. pray that you'd bring life to your word and that you'd pour out your spirit upon us that we might receive from you directly tonight. And I pray, God, that you would cause me to speak as I should. And I ask this in Jesus' precious name and all of God's people say, amen. Well, hey, if you have a Bible, turn to Joshua chapter one. Uh, We're in a camp in Joshua for the majority of our time together. I don't believe we will be in uh, the teaching too, too long. But I'm going to read Joshua 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, your servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. That verse in particular is near and dear to me. I felt like the Lord spoke that over our church plant and over me specifically as a leader. I walk everywhere in my city. That the Lord would give you everywhere that you set your feet. May that be true for some of you. 
as I have promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert in Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all of the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all of the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law uh, my my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I struggle with the verses that command me to feel a certain way or to behave a certain way out of my feelings. Does anyone struggle with those verses? You know, like the do not worry verse? You read that, generally in a time of deep concern. You know, not worry, deep concern. (laughs) You read it, you're aware of your circumstances, you read the passage, and depending on how your mind works, you might ask a question like this, what is wrong with me? That I might worry, even though the word compels me not to worry. Sometimes our circumstances seem to be so significant that, uh, and maybe this is a phrase you'll tuck away, that our emotional immaturity betrays our theology. Want me to say that one again? That sometimes our emotional maturity or immaturity betrays our theology and our feelings override what we know to be true and we act out of our feelings. My wife and I, a few years ago, went through a significant situation with our daughter. Um, She was at the time 11. She was completely healthy, completely, uh, you know, wonderful, doing great at school. And um, my wife's father passed away suddenly. And, you know, death for an adolescent, for a young child, is hard to make sense out of. It's an abstract concept, except the permanence is immediate and felt deeply. And a few months later, we were doing trick-or-treat. Don't know how many of you are allowed to do that. (laughs) We do it. And some well-meaning parent at trick-or-treat said uh, to the kids at the end of the night, she said, now, if you find any open candy, throw it away because somebody might have poisoned it. Now... Maybe a thought that some of us have had or shared with our kids or we've inspected the kids' candy after we've heard of different instances. Well, my daughter latched on to that. And without understanding what death was and how to process death, she began to consider questions that were incredibly irrational but made all the sense in the world to her. If somebody would poison candy, why wouldn't they poison other food? If they could poison candy, why couldn't they poison shampoo? If they could poison shampoo, why couldn't they poison the clothes or the detergent that the clothes are washed in? And as you can see, this compulsive process of anxiety began to kick in such that she would not eat, she wouldn't get dressed, she wouldn't sleep in her bed. And as a parent, you worry. You worry. And it reached a point of, uh, of, of 
thinking about institutionalizing. We had done professional counseling. We had done deliverance prayer. We had done everything that we knew to do. We did so many things motivated out of care and love, but often that looked and maybe even felt like we are so worried we're just grasping. Sometimes our emotional immaturity or our capacity to navigate our emotions betrays our understanding and theology in different ways. It reached a point where my daughter, who was at the time 105 pounds, got down to 81.5. And as a parent, you're deeply troubled. But the passage says, don't worry. It commands us not to worry. And I wrestle with that. Do you wrestle with that? I wrestle with that. Now, the context is not the same, but there are moments in the scriptures where we hear from... I'll finish the story later, don't worry. My daughter's amazing and has come through in amazingly uh, profound ways. Um, mostly because of the transformative work that my wife and I did to change the way we related to God, to each other, and then to her. And so we have these moments where we read the text and we have these be strong and courageous, this command to be a sort of person into a certain sort of a circumstance or a certain sort of opportunity and maybe for you, those are hard places to get to. Paul offers us an admonition. He says, I learned how to be content in all things, whether in plenty or in lack. I've learned how to be content in plenty. <laughs> that, that one I got. I don't know. I mean, it was just like a spiritual download. <laughs> and all my needs are met. I'm content. Except I still got a few more things I might want, you know. But then that lack piece, like, be content in lack. Now, as a pastor, I'll share with you a little permanent or a current story. Not a permanent story. I hope it's not a permanent story. Current story. Uh, our church recently sent out a church plant. Wonderful leaders, associate pastor, amazingly talented group of people, about 30 people that we sent out from our church. And then uh, at the same time on that team was four of our top 10 giving families. Remember, we're be content in lack. But at the same time, we had two families relocate and a third family retire. So in the period of 12 months, we gave away seven of our top 10 giving families. $150,000 off the top. I have figured, I'm trying to figure out how to be content in a period of lack. Because ministries, in our context, require resources. And we have staff, and we have people, and trying to figure out when the offering doesn't meet the budget, not just over a course of a week, because we don't measure that small, but over the course of a, of a trend, how do I figure out to, how to be content? The, the Bible compels us to think things and to be things, that sometimes the circumstances squeeze us in such a way that what's on the inside comes out, and then we have to figure out what's the gap, and where's the gap, and how do I figure out how to work through the gap? And then there's the passage again where Paul says, be patient in affliction. Be patient in affliction. Man, I want to rush through affliction. I want to move quickly through. Because I don't understand what God can accomplish through it, but I understand what pain feels like. And I want to move fast. And we have these moments where the, the character of, of, of God's people forming in us as we allow God to lead us challenges us to think about this. And I think for many of us, the idea of being strong and courageous in different moments is a great challenge to be strong and courageous. 
Be strong in your convictions, but courageous to tell the truth in the areas in which you struggle as we have been invited to this weekend, as Brenda has made resources for this weekend to be strong and courageous. And many of us know, just like when there is plenty, we're fine, we're strong in the thing we know we can conquer whether God shows up or not. I, I could get an amen. amen. We tend to be most strong in the things we know we can do when he doesn't even show up. You realize that happens sometimes in church world. We can build machines that produce the results that we desire whether he arrives or not. Be strong and courageous in the task that Joshua is given. The circumstances are still the same. This is still the land that was scouted 40 years earlier where they came back and said, what were the people like in that land? What were they like? giants people didn't change israelites hadn't changed they hadn't like gotten bigger has anyone in your family like all of a sudden gotten a lot bigger one day like oh man you're like a giant now all the time i'm gonna hang out with you for real i'd love to be a giant four kids and they're all giants oh they all just keep big getting bigger like from toddler stage to adolescence, right? Okay, cool. I just was hoping, like, something wrong with the water, maybe. Like, no, they're growing up. Okay. That's helpful. We have these moments where we are tasked and the opportunities are, are similar. What we are asked to do as leaders is to look out over circumstances that are daunting and challenging, obstacles that seem to be big, Situations that seem like they are significant beyond our resources, and yet be strong and courageous. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to one of your neighbors and say, be strong. And I want you to turn to another neighbor and tell them to be courageous. How'd that work? Who feels stronger than they did a minute ago? Who feels more courageous than they did a minute ago? There's moments when we can cheerlead, and that's okay, but that's not what God is doing to Joshua in this passage. He's not cheerleading them. He's not building them up in a way that is going to cause him to do something that he's unable to do just because he's been invited to be a certain sort of person. See, what, what you and I know and what I think the text compels us to think about is that as we are invited to go into a land, whatever that land looks like for you, whatever that land is for your ministry, however big it is, however small it is, however, whatever part of the city it is where you live, whatever part of the church it is where you serve, that the land, as it was in Joshua's case, it had not changed from the generation previous. And it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. And it wasn't without doubt, but it was covered with promise. And it was occupied by the enemy, but it was ruled by the king. Amen? It wasn't going to be without conflict, but it was guaranteed to be with victory. And it wasn't without fear but there is also no greater love than can be experienced. 
The things you and I are invited to are not easy, but they are worth it. They're not without doubt. They are covered over in promise. They're not without conflict. But we are people who experience the victory of the kingdom. And we know that while there is fear in the moment, there is a love that is more powerful fear that compels us to take risks, to be courageous, to find strength. And so the question I think for you and I to just land on for the remainder of our time is, what is the very source of the strength and courage? Because you and I have probably had moments where somebody gave us a compliment and it built us up a little bit. Or they encouraged us in a way that we have a gift or an, an aptitude or a talent and it, and it fed some future behavior to practice more, to try harder, or to think about something. But, but that's not where strength and courage in this text is found. While there is preparation, the strength and courage is not found in the planning. While there's forethought, it's not found in the cleverness or wisdom. It's found in the fact that what we hear from God as he speaks to Joshua is this. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous. Or in verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, for you and I, strength in the things that God invites us to is not found in the weight room. It's not found in our activity. It's not found in technique. As we were invited to think about today, it is found in this deep and intimate connection with your Father. It's found in an understanding of who we are because of who he says you are. Our ability to be proceeds from his availability to be with. And I'll offer that one again. Our ability to be something, our ability to be strong, to be courageous, proceeds from, it comes from his availability to be with us. Be strong because... Your God will never leave you or forsake you. Be courageous because your God is with you wherever you go. One of the things I think can be a, a sideways outworking of our now and not yet theology is that when God doesn't show up in the power moment, somehow he's not there. But that's not actually what we refer to when we think of the now and the not yet of the kingdom. You know God is in the middle of, of suffering moments. He's present in pain. He's there when it's difficult. Hard is not the same as bad, and easy is not the same as good. Right? Sometimes when we pray for somebody and they don't get healed, we wonder, where was God? But what is the promise of the text? He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. The source of your strength to continue to pray or your courage to pray again in another circumstance is because your God is with you, that he is present that he is committed to never leave you and to never forsake you. The definition in the Cambridge uh, Dictionary, the online Cambridge Dictionary for forsake, is to leave forever, to give up completely. I found it interesting that their example was this. 
I thought Emily might forsake ballet in favor of Irish dancing. I think that's a misuse of the word forsake. I mean, really? The Cambridge Dictionary decided that the sentence to use the word forsaken was, I was concerned that Emily would forsake ballet and continue on with Irish dancing. First of all, Emily, what are you thinking? I mean, what are you doing with your life? Sorry to anyone who's forsaken ballet for Irish dancing in the room. She made a bad choice. I knew I needed to insert a joke somewhere around this moment. The word forsake means to give up completely, to leave, to abandon. Now, now let me just ask a question to a room full of people who are theologically astute. Have you ever had that thought? Have you ever in the midst of preparation for ministry, as you step in to pray, as you walk into a hospital room to deal with a circumstance, have you ever wondered if God would be there with you? Have you ever wondered if God would be there with them? It is amazing that the lie that I think hinders many of us is the lie that God won't show up when he's most needed or God won't be there when I call his name or if I step out in faith, will God be there when I do? And in this circumstance, what God says to affirm Joshua to be strong and courageous is, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Wherever you go, there I will be. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. How was God with Moses? He spoke as one who would speak to a friend, a relationship of intimacy and of connection, of depth. Your strength and your courage is not something you muster up It's what flows out of us as we hear God say to us, I'll be with you. I'll be right there. Step forward. Jump off the high dive. Step out and say yes to the thing that Michael Gatlin believes that some of you will say yes to over the course of the next 48 hours. God will be with you. Will it be easy? No. Will it be worth it? Yeah. Will there be conflict? Yes. Will you experience victory? Yes. Will you have doubts in the moment? Yes. But will your venture be covered over with the promise that God will be with you? Yes. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and be very courageous. Why do you think God in five verses, or nine verses, excuse me, would have to say it three times to Joshua? Why do you think you have to say it three times? Because what he was asking Joshua to do, he couldn't do on his own. It had to come from a reminder that I'll be with you. You can be a sort of person because I'm available for you, even when it's hard. The life of courage, which many people have even had that word come up tonight, be courageous. Courageous is not simply risk-taking. Courageous is understanding who you are in Christ and moving towards the moments that God invites you to. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. What's interesting is if you're familiar with the story of Moses and Joshua, this was not the first time 
Joshua had heard these words. Moses, in Deuteronomy 31, starting in verse 6, says this to Joshua directly. This is Moses. Having stood on the mountaintop, looked out over the promised land, God said, you're not going in. You've served this rebellious generation. You've led them through the desert 40 years, but you're not going in. He hands the baton to Joshua, and here's what he says to Joshua. It's amazing how it is almost exactly the same as to what God speaks. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And then in 7, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all of Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Moses, who led from a place of understanding who God was for him, gives Joshua the same mantle of leadership and says, do this thing and know that your God is with you, that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you. So be strong and be courageous. Now that passage is interesting because it's about leadership in that moment. There's a subtle detail in that moment where it says, Moses summoned Joshua in the presence of all of Israel. In front of all of Israel, calls Joshua up on the stage or on the mountain or on a rock speaks this over Joshua and says, because you're going to have to lead all these people. Because you're going to have to take them somewhere. And again, these people haven't necessarily changed. Like, they haven't had the character discipleship that Phil's inviting us to have. This, this is, these are folks who have experienced a powerful provision of God, but have also grumbled consistently in their time, right? And now they're going to go fight? And now they're going to go risk again? In front of all the people... Moses compels Joshua to be strong and courageous as he leads. Because, because here's what I believe. Leadership is not a special version of a follower of Jesus. Leadership illustrates the normative life of a follower of Jesus. Let me say that again. Leadership is not a special version of a follower of Jesus. Leadership illustrates the normative life in pursuit of Jesus. Because people watch, and they watch what it looks like to have life with God and to have fellowship with God and to trust when it's difficult, a God who you know will be with you and not forsake you and not leave you. And they're making their theological understanding of how God will relate to them by how God relates to leaders and how leaders relate to him. And so as a room full of leaders... My hope would be that you wouldn't feel a charge to gather up your strength and do better and do more, but rather know deep in your guts that as you are asked to risk and to lead and to step out, that God is with you, that he will never leave you, that he will not forsake you, that he will not abandon you, that you don't have to stop ballet to do Irish folk dancing. Amen. 
So let me just offer a few closing thoughts, and then we're going to engage in some ministry time. And this is where it gets a little bit tricky, because I understand that what I'm about to offer can put some weight on this in a way that some of us don't want to experience. But by invitation to leadership, you are inviting people to watch. By having hands laid on you and placed into roles of leadership, whether it's at a small group level or at a ministry level or as a staff pastor level or as a senior pastor or junior pastor level, you're inviting people to observe. People stand back and they wonder what it's like to follow Jesus and they're looking at us. And so be strong and courageous as you have convictions around the things that are currently impacting our country, be strong and courageous. Issues of racial inequality, of systemic injustice, of social inequalities, those things require a strength and a courage that doesn't come easily or naturally. It comes from knowing who we are in Christ. So be strong and be courageous. And as you are faithful in the small things of the kingdom, and by small things I mean the things that Jesus asked us to do, preach the gospel and pray for the sick and cast out demons and raise the dead and care for the poor and welcome the foreigner and visit the prisoner, those are the things that in the small faithful moments, they require strength and courage. I was just in Ecuador last week, and um, on the last night of ministry, Eleanor Mumford did a ministry call. Uh, If you know Eleanor, it means everybody comes forward. And uh, I put my hand on this guy's shoulder, and I was like, there is a demon in this dude. And I don't speak Spanish well enough to do this. And I was like, instantly, all these insecurities came up. Because it got messy really quick. In a beautiful way. And I sat there, and as I was meditating on this passage in preparation throughout the week and other things, I felt like the Lord just simply reminded me, Rob, you know who you are. Be strong and courageous in this moment. And the demon doesn't speak Spanish either. (laughs) So you don't have to worry about it. And it was messy. And I had a woman the next night, as we were out having uh, ice cream, which is common in Ecuador. And I have ice cream almost every day if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. And this woman looked at me and she said, hey, can I ask you a question? And she was a a pastor in Peru. And so with a translator, we had a conversation. She said, I've never seen a deliverance before. And I thought to myself, this is why we need strength and courage because somebody's eyes are on the moment where if we don't know how to engage because of who we are in Christ, then, then the discipleship moment might not be passed on in our heritage, in our inheritance, in our kingdom theology, and in our kingdom practice. So we spent 45 minutes just talking about what deliverance is and how to engage and do it with dignity because it's a conference setting and it was right up front and all the different ways that we want to do ministry in a way that honors the person but allows God's kingdom to come and bring freedom. And I heard her say the words in Spanish over and over and over, liberación, 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 and I was just like, that's a beautiful word in every language. And so... We push past the insecurity and the fear and the doubt. We step up to the edge and we look and we go, yep, that's a demon. Yep, that's, a, that's probably more than one. And, and, and it's tempting. 
from the high dive to back up, find the ladder, go down the ladder, and maybe some other conference and some other place and some other venue. But what if we just jump in? Doesn't take much strength and courage to do it from three feet. But from 30 feet requires us to be a certain part of person, but that person comes from knowing the availability that God has committed to each one of us. That he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. And wherever you go, he will be with you. And I just know in a room like this, having conversations in my own area, in my own region, with other pastors, there's just too many times we are not confident that God will keep his word. We are not confident that when we extend the hand, he's there because we've created a binary understanding of the kingdom. That he's there when somebody's healed, and when somebody's not healed, he's not there. Has anyone ever had that thought? Well, what is the promise of Joshua 1? And not Joshua 1. Joshua is a reflection of the future king, the future conqueror, the future one who will lead us into a promised land eschatologically. He is a future Jesus. Jesus is a new and improved Joshua, just like he's a new and improved Moses. And so the story of Joshua points to the story of Jesus, who then says to you and I the same thing. I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you know wherever you go, he's with you. We minister out of our identity. We minister out of his affection, not for it. And so the strength and courage is not something we need to muster up It's not something we need to work out. It's something that he gives us as we stay in those intimate moments with him. Over the last four years, my wife and I have journeyed through this process that John alluded to earlier called faith walking. And in it, it was a journey of transformation. And I can only offer this. As I have sat at the feet of Jesus... He has changed the way I understand about myself. And I was a full-time pastor in, in vocational ministry for 11 years leading up to that. And no, that's not a lot. That's like the front quarter, right, of ministry. But over the last four years, and specifically the last 12 months, I've experienced an element of strength and courage that has not come from anything other than knowing who I am in Christ. And so I coach the high school soccer team in my town, public, public high school, 47 high school boys. Remember who you were like in high school? You were an idiot. That's what you were like in high school. <laughs> I don't care who you were. Your frontal lobe was not fully formed. You could not connect consequences to action, and so you did stupid stuff. I voluntarily choose to hang out with 47 of those dudes, and they do stupid stuff. I'll tell you stories about how stupid if you want to hear them. But we have a cheer or a a, a team rallying cry. We do at the beginning of every practice, at the end of every practice, at the beginning of the game, at the end of every game. We put our hands in a circle on the count of three. Strength and courage. Strength and courage. Strength and courage. 
And so when a young man has a leg or a hand stepped on, comes off the training field, and the trainer looks at it, and she's like, we need to call the squad. His hand is broken. I said, hold on a second. Nate, I'm going to pray for you. Pray for him. Two minutes later, the trainer looks at his hand, and she's like, it's fine. It's fine. And what I hear from parents is, you know you're doing that at public school, right? Are you scared they're going to get fired? No. If I do, I do. But it's not the fear that's the factor. It's the courage and the strength that has been formed as God has said, this is who I want you to be. I want you to be a man who stands in the center of a circle of kids who make stupid mistakes and be a voice of grace and of power and of love and a representative of Jesus' kingdom in a space and time when they desperately need it. And I mean this sincerely, a year and a half ago with some Without the same identity work that God has done in me, I'm not sure I would have been able to tell my board, not ask them, but tell them, I'm going to do this thing that God has made me to do, and it's going to be 30 hours a week for five months during the fall. But there's a strength and a courage that has been formed in knowing who I am and knowing that in the board meeting and on the soccer field, he is there. In your workplace and in your neighborhood, he is with you. In the private moment, a disagreement with your spouse about your finances, and the public moment when you are compelled to preach for your life at a funeral service. He is with you. So be strong and courageous. Will you stand? That's the strangest sound ever at ministry time. All the chairs. It's like the most annoying sound in the world. Like Dumb and Dumber. Another pop culture reference. Let's do what we do and let's do what a lot of men and women fought for. A lot of men and women fought for us just simply being able to invite the Holy Spirit. So what I am going to do is ask God to show up, and we're just going to wait. We're going to wait and trust that he's a God who keeps his promise. And what he has said through his scriptures is that when two or more gather in his name, there he will be. I'm not really good at math, but I think we're good. So God, we say come. Holy Spirit, would you come now? Would you fill this room? Um, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. There's more of your presence right now. Just begin to move through this room. Right now. Just as I begin to see evidences of God's spirit, I'm just going to begin to acknowledge that in the room, and then we'll see where this takes us. 
So this guy over there in the orange hat with the LG logo on it, I just want to pray for more of God's spirit to meet you right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Just open up your hands. Be prepared to receive what God has for you. Yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. More of your presence right now. More of your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. More. That's the woman in the jean jacket and the winter cap. Just right over here, the Lord is just beginning to move on you. Come. This woman in the orange sweater, yellow sweater, in between yellow, orange color. More. It's more of your presence right now. Come. Let's receive it. There it is. It's more of your presence. Let it come. Somebody, just Ross. Yeah, more. More of your presence. More of your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's the woman in the blue sweater back behind you, Dave. More. More. Come. More of your presence. We bless you. Just receive what God has for you. Yep, it's coming with power right now. There it is. Maybe somebody could just lay a hand on and just bless what God is doing right behind you. There it is. More of your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Come. Yeah. Now we just say come more. More of your presence right now, Lord. Just begin to move on hearts. We're not going to hype anything up. We're not going to conjure anything up. We're going to trust that you are here to meet us. And so we say, come, Holy Spirit. More of your presence right now. This young lady with the glasses and the gray sweater. Just two tables back. More. Let your presence come. We say, more. More. There it is. Just receive. Just receive. Come, Holy Spirit just a subtle movement of God just across the room seeing a spirit move a guy in the, in the grayish blue shirt in the back row right next to Tom the guy on your right Tom just begin to pray for him and just ask God's kingdom to come come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit yeah Right here in the front row at the with the sweatshirt. I think it's a Duluth sweatshirt. More of your presence right now. God, just pour out right now. Come. More. Just receive it. Be prepared to receive what God has for you right now. More. There it is. Come, Jesus. Just bless what you're doing. And just as God is beginning to move through the room and he's just meeting with some of you, there's just a there's just some real simple calls that I just want to offer. 
and we'll just see how this goes. There are some of us that recognize that what we think we need or what we know we need from the Lord tonight is strength, that we've shown up and we're weary and we're tired, or we have some decisions that will require us to move with a sense of authority into a circumstance. And then there are others who are, are aware that, that you want courage, that there are some things that are coming your way that you want to be courageous, a decision that you have to make, a conversation that you have to have, a thing that you might have to lay down that will require a courage that doesn't come from just good thinking, but will require you to know who you are in Christ. And so just while we have this space up at the front, if you are here and you would want an outpouring of strength from a place of identity or courage from a place of identity, just begin to make your way towards the front. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And I know this is kind of an easy call, so I don't want to cheapen what God is doing. It's, it's about strength and it's about courage. But for some of you, this is a moment where even stepping into this. And part of what I want to ask God to do for those who will come up to minister to this group is to pour out words of knowledge that you will know that your God is meeting you tonight because there's something that you need that only he knows that you need. And for those people that pray, I'm going to invite you to take risks to minister from your identity, knowing that God speaks to you, that you hear his voice, and from a place of confidence, you can declare over and into these men and women uh, God's heart for them. So we say, come, Holy Spirit, right now, just come. Just begin to move on the room. Just begin to move. More of your presence right now. More of your presence. More of your presence. And if you're here, and I know most of us are leaders, and probably all of us are trained to pray regardless, Let's just begin to come, and, but be sensitive to the Spirit. Be sensitive to who God is bringing you to, and those of you who are going to come up for ministry, pray with confidence. As much as they want courage, have courage as you pray for them. As much as they desire strength, have strength as you pray for them. Know who you are in Jesus. More, more of your presence. If there's a bunch of folks up here. If you're getting prayer, you see someone around the room that you feel like God has a word for, um, we're just going to take our time and make sure that we pray for these folks. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. More. More of your presence right now. More of your presence right here. Right here. Come. More. As God begins to just overwhelm some people, just make sure we can catch and capture them. It's a hard floor. We don't want anybody falling. More. More of your presence. More of your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Bless you right now. Bless you right now. More. If you haven't had someone praying for you, just wait. Just be patient. Be patient. Allow God to speak to you. More of your presence right now. There's still a handful of people up here that need someone to come pray for them. So if you're available, as you look out over the room, just acknowledge that there's a couple of folks over here to my right, your left. Someone here, a couple of people over here to my left and your right. Come, Holy Spirit. More of your presence. More of your presence.
More of your presence. There's a couple of people up here on my left. Still need someone to come and pray with them in the very front. More of your presence right now, Lord. More of your presence right now. More of your presence. a woman in, the, in a black shirt in the back left, just right back there. I, I just think the Lord, the Lord wants you to know that he sees you. He has seen you. He knows the deepest cries of your heart and what has seemed like a long time, what has seemed like constant and faithful prayer in which you have not been met by him. His timing is not the same as we understand it to be, and he has heard you, and he is aware of you, and he knows your deepest needs. And so, God, I pray you would, what is your name? Stephanie? God, I pray that you would meet Stephanie right now with your companionship. You would meet her right now with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. You can trust him. You can trust him. He has shown himself trustworthy in so many ways, and you can trust him. And it's okay to tell him that you don't. And it's okay to tell him in places where he has not met your expectations. He is not scared of your concerns and your critique and your observations. It's okay to ask him, how long will this go on? He is indeed trustworthy. More of your companionship, more of your affection right now, Jesus. Come. Come, Holy Spirit.
for you watching waiting for you hungry with expectation we know you'll come spirit of god Breathe on us. Breathe on us, Spirit of God. So breathe on us. Breathe on us, Spirit of God. You can come. You can Come like the wind if you want to. You can burn like a fire in our hearts. You can shake everything till it trembles. You can whisper the songs of your love. And we know you'll come. Spirit of God, Father, Spirit, fire of love, come now, just like you promised, you said you'd come, Spirit of God.
So breathe on. Breathe on us, Spirit of God. Breathe on. can come like the wind you can come like the wind if you want to you can burn like a fire in our hearts you can shake everything till it trembles you can whisper the songs of your love so come and whisper come and whisper the songs of your love won't you whisper the songs of your love we know you'll come spirit of god So breathe on us, Spirit of God. Breathe on us, Spirit of God. Come and breathe on. can come like the wind if you want to. You can burn like a fire in our hearts. You can shake everything till it trembles. You can whisper the songs of your love. We know you'll come, Spirit of God. Come, 
Jesus the center, Jesus the Lord, Jesus the author of all creation, King of the cosmos, King over all. How glorious you are, how glorious you are, exalted, glorified and reigning with all creation singing, how glorious you are. You are salvation, you are the cure, you are the great hope of every nation, you gave your body, rose from the grave, our glory. Glorious and forever 
choice found is found in communion with you beholding your beauty and knowing your truth and living a life that pleases your heart
living a life that pleases your heart, responding with praises to all that you are. Sing it out how lovely. Lay down my 
to bow down to seek only your face I'm laying down my crown we're singing oh how lovely is the king in all his glory is the Christ who is holy to us and to us and how amazing is his love so to bow down to seek only your face I'm laying down my crown I'm just going to pray for us as we close our time together if you're getting prayer, continue to get prayer if God's meeting you, just allow that to happen. But Father, I pray right now as we kind of begin our weekend together, begin our few days together, that you would give us moments. The beautiful thing about asking for courage or strength is he's not going to give you courage or strength. He's going to give you opportunities to walk into a courageous moment. And so I pray that you would tell your story boldly. I pray that you would share prophecies with confidence pray that you would extend hands of healing, mercy, knowing who you are in Christ. And may you go from this place and be strong and very courageous in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we're done. Whatever you guys normally do, do it. Yeah.